We are this morning uh, continuing in our series called Focus. Uh, It's a new series I started for the new year, seeing God's vision for our lives, seeing God's vision for your life. Um, and I know some of you already, you've, you've got your goals set for the new year. You've got your vision set for the new year. You've got all the stuff that you want to accomplish and do this new year. And that's great, and I'm happy for you. But let me just say this in the nicest way possible. Nicest way possible. Uh, God's way is way better than yours, right? God's plans for you, God's vision for you, God's everything that he has for you this year is way better than yours. I didn't say it was going to be easier than yours, but I said it's better than yours. And so we have to uh, walk into this new year with that understanding that, that, that God's way is far better than our way. And so last week we opened up this series talking about God's vision for our lives. You can go back and listen on the website or on the podcast. Uh, but today I want to talk about specifically God's vision for our relationships. God's vision for our relationships. Relationship, by definition, just simply means the way in which two or more people are connected, right? So there's connection, there's relationship. Specifically, what I want to deal with this morning is I want to talk about friendship. Say friendship. Friends, right? How many of us have them? Friends, ones you can depend on. Some of you get that. Some of you don't. It's all right. But friends, we're going to talk about friendship this morning. And, 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 and how many of you would agree with me that, 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 that having friends, uh, having friends really helps you navigate through life, right? Like having friends is a good thing. How many would agree having friends is a good thing? Right? Like, that, that doesn't take much to recognize, to, to, to see. I mean, we, we know that, that having friends is a good thing. In fact, I, I read this this week. Uh, a recent Harvard study, Harvard, smart people, recent Harvard study said this, that solid friendships, get this, having solid friendships promote brain health. Having solid friendships help you deal with stress. Having solid friendships help you make better choices. And overall, having solid friendships is good for your overall mental health. And so that's a good thing. But see, God has been communicating that way before any Harvard scholars or researchers have. God has been communicating the value of friendship for a very long time. He's been communicating the value of community and connection and relationship for a very long time. Hebrews 10, 24 says this. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So here we see the writer of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is showing us that, that, that God values relationship. He's saying, hey, he's talking to the church. He's saying, church, let's, let's consider ways that we can build one another up. Let's consider ways that we can encourage one another. Let's, let's consider ways that we can be there for one another. And, and, and don't forsake and don't neglect meeting together, meaning don't isolate yourself. Don't isolate yourself. Don't don't do life alone. We need each other. He is is showing us just in this one text. There's many texts that that show this, but he's communicating to us the value of relationship, the value of community. 
And so today I want to talk about God's vision for relationships and specifically God's vision for friendships. Because here's the thing, if we can get our relationships right, if we can get friendship right, if we can start to see friendship and relationship the way that God sees it, through God's lens, I believe that can help us set the course to have a great new year. I do believe that. If we can manage our relationships and our friendships this year, if we can get it in line with, with God's vision for how he sees it, then, then I think things can, can, can change for us this year if we just get it right. So here's what I want you to do before I, before I jump into this this morning. I, if you're taking notes, I need you to write this down. If you're not taking notes, I need you to write this down. Uh, if you don't have a notepad, pen, write it in your phone. Do this. This is important. This is important. You need to do this, all right? Let, let me see everybody's pen. All right, let me see everybody's phone that are about to be put it. Okay, okay, so just, so we're all on the same page. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to list out your five closest friends. Go ahead, your five closest friends. Now, for some of you, you may say, well, Chris, just five, that's so hard. I have hundreds of friends. I'm not talking about your social media friends. Not talking about your Facebook friends, not talking about your Instagram friends. I'm talking about your five closest friends. If you don't have five, it can be two, it can be three, it can be four. Just five is the max. No more than five. Your five closest friends. If you don't have any friends, then, then we need to talk. And I'm, I'm saying that sincerely. Then we need to have a conversation. But your five closest friends, it can be two, three, four, five. You got it? Just list out their first name. That's just for you to see. Your five closest friends. You got it? Okay. Now, if you got that list of names, I want you to look at that list and look at every single name on that list. And I want you to ask yourself a question as you look at this list. How good of a friend have I been to the people on this list? How good of a friend have I really been to the people on this list? It's an honest question. Just answer amongst yourself, just in yourself. Just, just, just be honest. Be, be really honest and, 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 and open with yourself in that. Like, it's okay to have a self-assessment. When I did this, I, I, I looked at that, and, and I had to be really honest. I thought, man, I'm, I'm a good friend. I started going through my list and thinking, man, I'm, I'm a good friend. But, but, but I realized that I was only telling myself I'm a good friend according to my own standard right? But then when I began to see God's standard for friendship, when I began to see God's standard for relationship, I started to realize I'm not that great of a friend. And I don't know where you fall on that this morning as you looked at your list of names, as you begin to look at your friends and, and you begin to assess, well, what kind of a friend am I? am I? Am I a good friend to these people? Am I really, would, I, would God consider me a good friend to these people. And so if you have any question about that, we're going to answer that this morning. Because I'm going to show you, you are going to leave here knowing what God's vision is for your friendships. What God's vision is for your relationships. All right, you ready? Are you ready? Okay, let's go. Let's go. John chapter 13, verse 34. John chapter 13, verse 34. John 13, Jesus is sitting with his disciples He's sitting with his disciples, he's having the Last Supper. This is his final meal with his friends. And he's telling them uh, uh, basically the fact that I'm getting ready to leave soon. I'm, I'm going to be gone. 
I won't be with you much longer. And so he's, he's, he's dropping some jewels on him. Like he's, he's giving him some, 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 just some insight. He's encouraging him. He's building him up. And he's, he's telling him, look, I'm not going to be here for much longer. But check this out. Verse 34, he says, a new command I give you. Love one another. Say love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Say love one another. Number one, God's vision for your friendships is that you love one another. Simply put. But Jesus said, look, a new command I give you that you love one another. And then he goes on to say that you love one another as I have loved you. And so he's telling us, look, the way that I love you, that's how I want you to love other people. So when we look at that and we examine that, we say, okay, Jesus, well, how have you loved us? Well, ultimately what we see here, he's about to give his life for his friends. He's about to die for his friends. And so what he's communicating to his disciples, and in essence what he's communicating to us this morning is this. He says, the same way that I've loved you is the same way I want you to love other people. And that, what that means is I want you to give up your life for them. I want you to love one another. There, it's, a, a, it's a self-sacrificing love. And so as you look at your list today, I want you to ask yourself the question, have I loved them the way that Jesus loves me? Have I loved them in a way that, that, that I, I am self-sacrificing for them the way that Jesus has self-sacrificed for me? That you love one another. But see, that's not how we oftentimes view friendship because, see, what we see here is, 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 is God, Jesus is giving us a new command, but this is not anything new because he's demonstrated this all throughout the scriptures. Every time God was in relationship with somebody, what you would often see are, are basically, you would, he would call them covenants. I'm making covenant with you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. I love you. I'll never leave you, never forsake you. Like, like I'm here with you. Stay strong. Don't, don't fear. We see all this throughout the scriptures that he is, he is making covenant with people. But see, the way that we sometimes view friendship or relationships is contractual. Anybody ever signed a contract before? Right? So when you sign a contract, you ever bought a car? Anybody ever bought a car? Anybody ever bought a house? Right? You ever sat at the office filling out the paperwork for a house, and they're making you sign paperwork after paperwork after paperwork, sign here, initial here, sign here, initial here, sign. What that means is they don't trust you. They don't trust you. They like you. You're a nice guy. You're a nice girl. You're about to make me some money. But I don't trust you. So because I don't trust you, I need you to sign right here. In other words, what that means is, as long as you abide by this contract, as long as you do what we need you to do, we'll uphold our end of the contract as well, and we're good. We'll sign, shake hands, and be done. Well, see, that's the way we view friendships sometimes. We ask ourselves, man, what are you going to do for me? As long as you are doing for me, then, then, then I can do for you as a friend. Like, as long as you add some value to me, then I'll add some value to you. 
And that's how we scope out people, and that's how we view people when it comes to friends, and that's how we decide on, on oftentimes is who we're going to love and who we're not going to love. Do you have something that can be reciprocated? Do you have something that is of value to me? Then let's be friends. But Jesus is saying, I, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. See, Jesus is loving people that won't reciprocate that love back. Jesus is loving people who ultimately many will reject. See, God sent Jesus to this earth to die for a people that ultimately would reject him. That's how much he loved us. He said, look, I'm, I'm sending my son to you because I love you, knowing many of you won't even love him. Jesus said, that's the way I want you to love people. That's the way I want you to love your friends. Love them the same way that I loved you. Love them not expecting anything else in return. That's the type of love I'm talking about. But then he goes on to say, if you love people, then the world will know you're my disciples. Right? He says, then the world will know that you live for me. Then the world will know that, that, that you're a Christian. Then the world will know that you are a follower of Jesus. How? If you love one another. A self-sacrificing love. Looking at your list. Have you loved them the same way Jesus has loved you? Have you loved them not expecting anything else in return? Have you loved them in many ways knowing, man, they've got nothing for me, but I'll still love them? There was absolutely nothing the disciples could provide to Jesus. Nothing. Jesus didn't need the disciples. But he chose to be in relationship with them. He chose to love them. That you love one another. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says this. Paul writing to the church in Rome, he says, be devoted to one another in love. So not only do I want you to love one another, but I also want you to be devoted to one another. You know what that really means? Ultimately what it means is I want you to be present. Like, I need you to be present with one another. Do you know what that means? It means to be present. It means to be there. I need, I need, I need to be there. And see, that's where, that's where social media has got a lot of us fooled. Because, see, uh, uh, social media has gotten us in this frenzy of thinking that, that we're okay and we have all these friends and we have all these people that, 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 that like us and that look at our stuff and that look at what we post. And we think, man, as long as I have that, I'm good. But the reality is the majority of those people will not be present with you when you need them. will not be present with you. They're not devoted to you. They're not devoted to you. One time I was, when I first got on Twitter, uh, everybody here, have, who, has a who, who has a Twitter account? Who has a Twitter account? Some people don't even use it anymore, but if you have a Twitter account, when I first got on, uh, somebody famous followed me. 
man, made my day. I thought, wow, they followed me. I showed Nancy. I was like, look, check this out. They're following me. And then she says, did you see how many people they're following? I said, how many? 18,000 people. I said, you are one of 18,000 people they're following. Look how many followers they have. 26,000. And I thought to myself, they're following me so I can follow them back. They want something from me. And so social media has got us fooled that way. Right? If you can do for me, I'll do for you. And, 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 and so I have all these friends and I post things and people like pictures and they comment and they do all this stuff. Like how many times, and you don't have to answer this, but how many times have you posted something just, just hoping you get that like? Hoping you get that like. Hoping you get that, that little heart. Hoping you get that. Why? Because those are our friends. How many times have you got upset with something you posted and your friend didn't like it, didn't acknowledge it? So bad you want to go like, hey, man, you just see my post? Like, you didn't see that? They're not devoted to you. They're not present for you. A true friend is devoted to one another. A true friend is present. A true friend is there for you. And as you look at your list, can you honestly say, out of those five, man, I am devoted to them. I am present for them. When they are in need, man, I'm there. We are present for you. When I am in need, they are, I am there. When, when I've been in need, they've been there. That, they are devoted to one another. They are present with one another. But see, I, oftentimes, and I'll be, I'll be honest, and I've fallen short of this plenty of times. But there are times when there are those that are in need. And I have every excuse in the book not to be present for them. Well, I got my own life. I have my wife, I have my kids, I got my own life, I got the stuff we're doing, I got the church, I got all these different things that we're doing, I got, I got my life is just running and running and running. So man, surely they won't expect me to be there for them because they, they know my life, they know how busy I am. I, I don't need to be there, but, but they know I'm praying for them. Right, let me just shoot them a text and just let them know, hey man, I'm praying for you. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. Let's just be honest. My friends, that's not devotion. That's not being present. That's not being there. You know, when we were, uh, when Sophie was born, and I tell the story a lot because it, it really impacted me so much, but when Sophie was born, you know, I, there, was, there were complications at the birth, and uh, she was born pre-me, pre, pre and, and um and so there was a lot of just uncertainty happening. We didn't know if she was going to be alive. We didn't know what was going to happen. They were telling us all these different things. And so uh, we were in the hospital for a number of days before uh, Sophie was even born because there were some complications with Nancy. And, 
And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, uh, I was in the room with Nancy the whole time, and uh, I came out to the waiting room, and I, I, it, was, it was during the day, I came out to the waiting room, and, and I expected my family was going to be there, and I knew they would be there, but as I walked out, I remember seeing just this sea of people in the waiting room from our church. I mean, just to see people, just the whole waiting room just flooded with people from our church. And I, 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 it blew my mind because I thought, man, this isn't even family. And they're here for me. And they're here for us. Why? They were present. They were present. Are you devoted to one another? Are you present for them when they need you. Romans 15, 7 says this, moving forward, accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God, not only are we to love one another, to be devoted to one another, but we are to accept one another. And what does that mean there? Well, it means you accept both the weak and the strong. Right? If I'm truly in covenant with you, if I'm truly in friendship with you, then I'm going to accept you for who you are. I don't know how far along in the faith you are. I don't know how your prayer life looks. I don't know how all that looks. But, but I accept you for who you are. I accept you for all of you are. For all of you. I accept you. Just as Christ has accepted us. Remember, I said at the beginning, there was nothing we can give Jesus. We had nothing of value that would add value to the life of Jesus. Yet he accepted us. And so when you look at your friend list, do you accept them for who they are? Do you accept all of them? Their strengths and their weaknesses. How many friendships have been severed because you just didn't like their weaknesses? How many friendships have you given up on because they didn't meet your standard? Knowing they needed you. Knowing they, they needed you to be present. Knowing they needed you to be there for them. And, but you know what? They, 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 they just, ah, uh, they... they they just keep pulling from me and pulling from me and pulling from me. And, man, they just, they, they're so needy. Anybody ever known a needy person? Some of you have been that needy person. Some of you know what it is to have that friend that you, you need from. You need them for something. You do need them for something. You are in a moment of weakness, and you need that friend. Man, I am grateful for friends that have stuck by me. In my moments of weakness, I'm grateful for friends that have stuck by me in my lowest points that have looked at me and said, man, I am not judging you. I'm not mad at you. Man, but I am here for you. And if you don't know what that feels like, there's nothing like it. When everybody else when everybody else would shun you, when everybody else would not accept you, when, when everybody else would just turn away from you, there was that friend that just stood there and said, hey, man, I'm, I'm here. What do you need? I accept you. 
for both your strength and your weaknesses. I accept all of you. Unfortunately, there have been people who've even left the faith because we stopped accepting them. People that have left the church, not just this church, but any church, because we stopped accepting them. And you know what happens when we stop accepting people? We discourage people from being open and transparent about what's going on in their lives. See, for for a while, the church had done a really bad job at being accepting. And because of that, because of that bad job, that's as a whole. Because of that, people didn't feel like the church was a safe place to be honest, to be open with their struggles, to be transparent with their struggles. For them, the church was not a safe place to bleed. They were afraid to admit their struggle. They were afraid to admit what they were dealing with inside. They were were afraid to admit all the the turbulent stuff that was going on inside of them because they were afraid, man, they're not going to accept me. They're going to judge me. They're going to shun me. They're going to push me out. But when we become accepting, when we start to accept one another, as Jesus accepted us, when we start to just put that on display, then men and women and young people and children can look at this as a safe place and say, hey, I can be open and I can be honest with what I'm struggling with. I can be honest with what I'm dealing with. I can be honest. And that's what the Lord calls us to. The moment that this place does not feel safe, we're doing it all wrong. Because whether you know this or not, everybody in this room has an issue. The person you're sitting next to has an issue. And it may be an issue they don't want you to know about. It may be something that they don't want anybody to know about. Don't start nudging the person next to you. Say, tell me, tell me, tell me. I know what it is. But everybody has an issue. Everybody is suspect. Everybody is suspect. Everybody has an issue. And my, my goal for us as a church is we would say, man, let's, we are an accepting church. We accept you. Just as Jesus accepted us, we accept you. What are you struggling with? What do you feel like you're carrying all by yourself? Accept one another. How are you doing on that list? It's a good list. Accept one another. If you go down to verse 14, Paul continues on. He says, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Not only should you accept one another... But now we are, we are called to instruct one another. What does that mean? I'm willing to challenge you. Are you struggling in this area? Hey, man, let me challenge you. Let me, let me call that out of you. 
See, some of us are afraid to challenge one another because we're afraid we're going to sever a relationship. But God is clearly calling us, hey, I need you to instruct one another. I need you to challenge one another. If I, if I see you going down a path that is destructive, man, I need to be the friend that stands in front of you and say, hold up, stop. Why are you doing this? Don't go that path. Treat your wife better. Treat your husband better. Treat your kids better. But a true friend is willing to instruct you. And if you don't have friends in your life that challenge you, you might need to find new friends. If you don't have those friends in your life, do you say, you know what, I, I, I respect what they say. Man, I respect when they instruct me. Because I know, I know they, they, they have good intentions. I, I know that they, that they are looking out for me. I know that they are watching out for me. Proverbs 27.5 says, better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Right? I don't need you to hide your love from me. If I'm going on a path that is about to cause me some destruction, I need you to openly rebuke me. Even if I don't want it. But we are called to instruct one another. We are called to challenge one another. I need you in my life. I need you in my life. I have in my own life just a group of people that I've known for, for quite a bit, quite a long time. And, and these are folks that, that call me, they check on me, they ask me how things are going, they ask me how my marriage is doing, uh, they ask what's going on. And these are also folks that they know they can call Nancy to find out if I'm lying or not. <laughs> like, that's the, that's the type of relationship I have. And, and let me just say this to all of you, man. You need that in your life. Like, I need those friends to somewhat pry into me. Because sometimes there's some things I'm not willing to divulge. Sometimes there's just things I'm not willing to, to openly say. But those friends are close enough to me to know when they see something, when they start to, they, they, they can sense something, they can tell when something is not right, they'll ask me. And if they, if they don't get a direct answer from me, they can go around me and ask those that are closest to me. And no, I've had friends actually call me and say, Chris, man, how, how are you doing, man? Like, I, you haven't called me in, in a few months, and I do, I'm just checking on you, seeing how things are going, how's, how things with, with your marriage, how things with your family, like, is everything okay? And then I'll say, yeah, man, everything's good. And they'll say, no, man, how is things for real? Man, everything's great, man. I don't tell you. Man, how are things really going? Why? Because I know they accept me. Because I know they accept me. I know they're willing to instruct me. They're willing to challenge me. Do you have the friends on your list that you instruct, but also those that instruct you? Do you have the friends on your list that did you challenge that also challenge you? Instruct 
one another. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather to serve one another humbly in love. So instruct one another also to serve one another. That goes without saying we are to selflessly serve them. We are to selflessly lay down our lives for them. We are to selflessly put their interests above ours. Those are the type of friends we need in our lives. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 says, To be, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Man, you know what? I need friends that will be patient with me. When you say bearing with one another, that means, that means when you have those friends that are kind of just like, you feel like you're dragging along. Like, man, come on, Chris. You should know better. Come on, Chris. Keep it moving. Come on, man. What's going on with you? You're frustrating me. And I'm struggling. I'm trying to stay up. I'm trying. And they're like, man, Chris, come on, man. Forget you. I don't need you in my life. I'll keep on going. No, I need that friend that'll say, hey, man, let me bear with you. I'm not going to pass you by. I'm going to go right back to you and lift you up. I'm going to bear the burden with you. You're struggling. I'm going to be patient with you. See, and again, this is where a lot of friendships and relationships go wayward because we don't have the patience to deal with them. We don't have the patience with them, man. Look, there are some knuckleheads. They don't get it. They're so frustrating. But just because they're frustrating doesn't mean you give up on them. We're called to bear one another's burdens. I'm called, called to lift up that burden with you. If you're struggling, if you're frustrating, I'm still going to be patient with you. See, God is calling us to a level of friendship and a level of relationship that is not an easy one. But he's calling us to see his vision for relationship. He's calling us to see his vision for what friendships are. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 says to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Some of you even here in this place right now, and you may have that friend here in the sanctuary. Your relationship is on the verge of deteriorating because you haven't forgiven one another. 2018, you, you lost relationships because you weren't willing to forgive them. You're harboring things towards people, and you even put them on your list earlier. But you knew deep down inside, man, I don't, I put them on my list, but I don't really know if we're really friends right now. Because maybe you're harboring something against them. Well, true friends, true friendship, true relationship, you, you forgive one another. You make it right. Man, if we can just get our relationships right, if we can just get our friendships right, if we can just love one another the way that Jesus loved us, just selflessly loving people, not expecting anything in return. If we can be devoted to one another, we can be present for our friends, we can be there for our friends. 
you're on the verge of a good relationship. To be devoted to one another, to be there, to be present for those friends on your list. Now, if you still have your list in front of you, or you see these names in your head right now, whatever that is for you. Some of you today after the service, maybe sometime this week, you need to reach out to that said friend. And maybe you need to ask for forgiveness. One, because maybe you haven't been the friend that you have been, were supposed to be to them. Maybe you haven't been the good friend according to God's standards to them. And you may need to call them and say, hey, you know what? I need you to forgive me because I know I haven't been the friend that you've needed. But I want to be the friend that you need. I want to be the friend that God calls me to be. I want to be the friend that loves you unconditionally. I want to be the friend that accepts you. I want to be the friend that instructs you. I want to be the friend that serves you. I want to be the friend that's devoted to you. That's the type of friend I want to be to you. God is calling us to righteous relationships, to righteous friendships. He's calling us to be better friends. Sometimes that means inconveniencing yourselves. Sacrificing your own convenience to be that good friend to them. Do you think Jesus was convenienced coming to this earth, leaving glory to live amongst us as humans, put on flesh, deal with all our mess? deal with all our junk. Do you think that was a convenience for Jesus? you think it was a convenience for Jesus to die for a people that in many ways would reject him? No, it was selfless. Jesus knew what he was coming into when he got into this relationship. And my hope for you is that you know what you're coming into when you step into a relationship. That you know it may cause you to be inconvenienced. It may cause you to do some things that are, that are outside of your, your zone, your comfort zone. It may cause you to do things that you normally wouldn't do. It may cause you to go that extra mile with them. It may cause you to get tired But that's the level of friendship and relationship he's calling to. Let's stand to our feet this morning.